In this episode of Civil Discourse, Josh and Kev are back. Today we discuss why we've been gone, the presidential and vice presidential debates, Trump contracting COVID, and just a few more hot button issues. Stay tuned for more Civil Discourse. are the battleground for the hearts and minds for the next generation. America is a place where all things are possible. For those who've abandoned hope, we'll restore hope and we'll welcome them into a great national crusade to make America great again. All right, Kev, how you doing, buddy? Oh my gosh, it has been a long time. I'm doing just dandy. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I'm looking back. It's been over a month since we recorded this, and I uh, I really missed it. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I kind of want to go into a brief, a brief explanation of why we were um, what we've been missing. So um, I kind of posted a video on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, by the way, it's uh, Civil Discourse Pod on Instagram. Please go give us a follow. Um, but I posted a brief little video, kind of explaining what we've been up to, what we were missing for a while. Um, so basically, we are both full-time students. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, classwork, uh, midterms have just happened, things like that. Um, in addition to that, we were hard at work tabling for our organizations. We've had to deal with some fake coronavirus complaints against us. Um, we had an incident occur when we were tabling with students for Trump, um, which I, I don't want to go into all the details, but um, basically... Some not great stuff happens to us, and um, we had to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, and, and and that's the kind of thing. I mean, I want to let everybody know out there that we deal with that kind of stuff a lot. Um, not always to the most severe circumstances that uh, have happened to us sometimes, but but we do deal with a lot of harassment. Um, almost almost every time we go out tabling, in some way, there's somebody that uh, makes rude comments. Sometimes just uh, attempts to disrupt us. It, it just it's it comes with the gig when we go out there doing something that's controversial. Um, it's just going to happen. So, uh, yeah, but, but it really does like, like Josh says, it really does preoccupy our minds, uh, and, and takes, uh, a lot out of us emotionally. Um, and so, and so sometimes we just aren't necessarily, I mean, like it's a good stress. This is a good stress reliever, but sometimes we just need to take a break from politics and our personal lives to try to refocus on ourselves and, uh, and really make sure that we're, a hundred percent for everything else that's going on in our lives. Like Josh mentioned, we had midterms that, uh, I mean, like my last, last week, um, I had four tests in that one week. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, we just had a really, it's been stressful, especially leading up to an election. Uh, we're less than 15 or about 15 days, 14 days out from the election right now. Um, arguably the most contentious election in the last century, I'd even say maybe, uh if not of all of america and and it's a lot of stress especially with us being so involved on the ground level so um there's a lot going on yeah exactly and you know and i just started a new job i i, I work at spirit halloween it's a spirit it's a you know obviously a seasonal job so i'm trying to get all the hours i can um they really need you know they really really need help uh during this time so i'm working a lot of hours too so yeah so basically um all this is to kind of say that um uh, I just want to thank everyone who has listened to us in the past, who stuck by us and keeps listening. Um, you know, Kevin and me had this kind of, like I said, you know, this kind of crazy idea to make a podcast and um, we do it for us, but to have people that actually want to listen to us is really cool. 
And so thank you for that. Um, we hope to get back to weekly, if not, um, you know, every other week, you know, I, I guess um, podcast, we can, um, you know, after after the election, I hope, feel like we will hopefully have a little more time, <laughs> but we will see. So uh, with that, I think we should move on to our first topic. What do you think of? Sure. I think uh, just like we were talking about, it's been a very hectic month past and we're going to have a hectic uh, at least 15 days ahead of us, given it's the election. And so, uh, give, like I said, given it's the election, there's a lot of things to talk about with it, um, primarily the debates. Yes. You want to get on into that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, so we're going to talk about all the debates. We're going to kind of go in order. So we're going to start with the first presidential debate um, and kind of, I guess... Kev, what was your what was your reaction to to the debate? So for me, I was I was conflicted. I was sad. I got to be honest. I was kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I think I I thought both candidates were were poor. I think the moderation was poor, which actually made me really sad because I think I I before this debate, I thought very highly of Chris Wallace. I had seen him do countless interviews on Fox News. Um, and consistently, I always considered him to be a person that could understand uh, or at least would, would push the questions that needed to be asked, no matter what side they were on, um, and was able to ask those tough questions and, and get the answers out of the um, out of the person he was interviewing. And yeah, as for yeah. this debate, though, as for this debate, I noticed often what would happen is President Trump would give an answer uh to a question and and Chris Wallace would would rightfully push him on it and and try to uh, counter it and ask for and ask for a little bit more clarification and things like that especially if Trump's answer might have been vague or or not um necessary or, or could have been perceived as inaccurate uh as for for Biden though he would say something that I would be like well what about this like I would even have a follow up for it like something that would that I that I would think that Chris Wallace would ask and he really didn't push him that much um and so I think not only that, but I think Trump went into it heated, uh, but that just created that much more tension in which I really felt like, um, again, I do not think either candidate performed well, but I think given the circumstances, I think Trump definitely did better because it really seemed like he was debating two people up there. Uh, it was so often that Chris Wallace would be practically arguing Biden's side and just and just uh, and just be pushing for that and never argue with Biden. Just, he would just let Biden talk and say, OK, thank you. And then move on to Trump um, if he yeah, had I any mean, time for that. So, yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think, you know, you know, we, we got together with some friends to to go watch this and we were so excited. I remember, you know, we, we were we, we were so excited for this thing and just, um, yeah, it was disappointing. It was sad. I, I, I just it felt like. Um, it definitely felt like Trump was debating two people up there. It felt like he was debating Biden and Wallace. Um, the way I, you know, you know that they obviously lambasted, you know, the media lambasted Trump for the way he, um, you know, his interruptions when it's like they were both interrupting each other. Um, I think Wallace did ask some unfair questions. Um, I think I also think Trump had a really, really bad response when uh, when. Um, so I just I remember they were talking about the military. And, um, and Biden brought up that I understand, you know, the plight of military families. My, I lost, you know, my, my, my son was, was lost in, in the war and he was kind of going into it and Trump immediately brought up Hunter. Oh, who are you talking about Hunter? You know, Hunter wasn't, he, it's like, 
no, I was talking about Bo. And he goes, I don't know who that is. It's like, yes, you do. You know, and, and that that was honestly one of the big things. That really pissed me off, I'm not going to lie. Because I feel like he really could have, he could have showed his, his humility there, but he let his ego get in the way. And I kind of, I summed up the debates or the first debate as insults and egos, because that's all it was. It was them shouting insults at each other. It was them getting, letting their egos get in the way. Um, there was no policy. There was really no good understanding and context. It was very much just a screaming match of two, two, it was two old guys just screaming at each other for an hour and a half while Chris Wallace stood there like, what is going on? Um, so yeah, it was definitely kind of disappointing. And I, I expected more. I, um, I kind of wish Trump would have let Biden just kind of run his mouth because I think by interrupting him too much, they uh, people aren't able to see who Biden really is, and that's someone who doesn't know what he's talking about a lot of the time. So I get that. I get that. I yeah. think um, that's one thing I had been saying even before the debate, and I'd seen it all over Twitter and all over things. Is it was there were memes that were saying like, all Trump has to do is just stand up there and let Biden talk because people will just realize how senile he is just by letting him talk. Uh, and and that's what Trump didn't do. He came in heated. He came in hot. And it just wasn't a good look. Um, as for the military comment, I honestly don't remember that. Uh, that that was not a big thing that stuck out to me. Um, there's two in, two things that really stuck out to me. I'll, I'll address the first, hear your response, then I'll go to the second. Sure. Um, the first one that really stood out to me, and it was really the one that uh, controlled the media headlines the day after, um, was regarding the white supremacist question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and Chris Wallace... I don't remember the exact phrasing of, of how he phrased the question, but he basically, so I, I, I remember he, he kind of said, you know, um, he was like, you know, with, with your comment of, regarding Charlottesville, there's good people on both sides. Okay. So if he started it off that way, that's just absolute crap because from, from now I'm even, I even know Democrats, uh, who, who have actually looked into, and I don't want to say leftists because I'm talking about Democrats, like liberals that can actually have a conversation. Uh, that have that have talked to me about this, and they're like, "Yeah, no, I kind of looked into that comment. I still think that his phrasing wasn't like perfect, but he didn't like call white supremacists good people. He said yeah. that they were. He said that there was that the white supremacists, the neo Nazis, they should be condemned. But the people, so the, the Charlottesville thing was all over. Oh, it was all about the General Lee statue, and he was saying that people who support the General Lee statue being there, and people that support the tearing of it down, and are simply there." to protest the statue and not push some radical racist agenda. He was saying that those just normal people that have a, a rational opinion regarding the statue, there are fine people there. Um, but what ended up happening is the media blew up the out of context, uh, the out of context quote. Um, and so if Chris, Chris Wallace started it that way, that's just poor. I think that's poor yeah. journalism. It doesn't well, actually. I, so I, I, to kind of add to that, he was, he was saying, um, he was saying like, Trump, you say that, you know, Biden doesn't isn't great with 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 racial equality because of his 94 crime bill, things like that. While Biden has toted that, you know, that you haven't condemned like like white supremacy because of this. So he was kind of saying this is what Biden's saying, not what I'm saying. Okay, Um, that's the way I understood it. Some people have didn't pick that up because it was kind of I get it. I get that. But but for but from that phrasing it just sounds like what i uh quote commented on earlier it just sounds like he was debating for biden Mm -hmm. like that's that's the phrasing of the question it sounds like he's debating for biden he's saying it's it wasn't like i think 
I think there was a way better way to phrase that question. I think asking President Trump to condemn white supremacy is incredibly redundant considering you look uh, – if you Google if you Google Trump condemns KKK or Trump condemns white supremacy, you can find dozens of articles, CNN, BBC, MSNBC, in which it's – like the headlines are literally Trump condemns blank in regards to any of these radical far – considered far-right groups. Um, and, and so it's completely, co- completely redundant to ask that. And then he moved into the Proud Boys movement, which yeah, some Joe, have labeled. Joe Biden brought that up. Joe Biden brought up. Yeah. And, and so and so then Trump got lambasted for saying stand like stand by or something like He's that. Stand by, and, stand by and stand back. Yeah. And so the point of what I'm saying with that is that uh, it's just here. It, President Trump really didn't know, doesn't know exactly, I don't think, knows exactly what's going on with the Proud Boys movement and exactly knows what they're all about. Um, I think it was terrible to falsely label them as being white supremacists and that the media did that, uh, considering they're, I believe the head of the Proud Boys movement is also like one of the chairmen for the Latinos for Trump movement. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a Cuban, he's a black Cuban. Yeah, and so to say that they're a white supremacist movement is just absolute it just it just doesn't make sense to me and, and and for them to label it as that is just it's it's ludicrous i i just think that they're they're trying to push this narrative and they use that movement as a uh attempted as an attempted attack at trump i really think that's what it is yeah no i i 100 agree um yeah i i think him, them asking him to do it again is ridiculous i mean i i looked at someone put a, a footage there's people when he was still on the campaign trail uh, a reporter asked him hey um david duke endorsed you and he goes okay i disavow it i don't want his endorsement and they're like they're like so what do you have to say the he's like do you want the kkk's votes he said no i don't want their votes i don't want any hate groups votes i don't care so i mean even when he was running for election he's like no i don't i don't want these people to vote for me i don't i don't like them you know he straight up said they're, they're, they're disgusting I, I think as early as the 80s he was talking about how evil and how horrible hate groups and racist, you know, racist groups are. So he's, he's always had this people. You can go back. He's always had this mentality of they're evil. They're disgusting as most people do. I mean, you know, um, so that was definitely interesting. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the proud, proud boys. I do know they are a little more, uh, far right. They, um, from what I understand, um, from what I, I don't even know. I, I don't, I don't want to spread false, falsehoods. No, exactly. Again, I like, like that's. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to mischaracterize them, but from the little research I have done into them, I think it's a little. It, it's 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 a little far fetched to believe that they're a white supremacist movement, considering that their head is, like you said, a black Cuban. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, like that's yeah. just. It, it's again, it's a, attempting to make a false narrative about the president that just it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's absolute crap. Um, the second, there was one more highlight I wanted to bring up. Um, and the second highlight is that, uh, I just thought it was really funny. It really, I still remember it now is that, uh, Chris Wallace even laughed at it because Chris Wallace was starting to ask a question regarding the rallies that are being held, um, for both candidates. And so he started off saying like, President Trump, like you obviously are having fairly large rallies with a lot of people in attendance. Uh, Biden, you seem to be having slightly smaller gatherings. And President Trump had a quick quip in there where he just goes, uh, like, because no one will show up. And even Chris Wallace started laughing. I just thought that was funny. I thought it was. Yeah, it was good. I think uh, that was the brief moment of the President Trump that I know and love in which he gets. It's it's kind of like uh, 
like in 2016 when uh, Hillary Clinton said something to the effect of like, it's really good we don't have people with this temper temperament in power. And he goes because you'd be in jail. And I, it's it's just those little quips. That's what I live. That's what I live for when it comes to the president and, and his debates. Is is just so quick witted. Um, and and he wasn't at that point. I mean, he he had been fired up and everything, but he was allowing uh, some some conversation to happen. Um, and and I just thought that it was just really funny to me. I just I, I'm still laughing about no, it. I, I think that was just I, such a. I good... agree. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that was a good one. It was definitely very President Trumpish. I mean, just shows his humor. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think of all the th- of all the things that happened, that was probably one of the best because it was just like, all right, kind of funny, you know. Um, yeah. So, so that's right. pretty much the first debate. Yeah, there. that was the first debate. Um, should we go into the vice presidential debate? Yeah, for sure. So I don't full, know. Did you so, did you have a chance to watch it or? Yeah. So full disclosure, I was working that day and I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, I still have not really had a moment to sit down and watch it. I have seen a lot of clips of it. I have seen a lot of um, different things that, you know, that Kamala has said and that Pence said. Um, I got a lot. I got a lot of it. Um, I would like to sit down and watch it eventually because I would like to know exactly what was said. But I did get a lot of, I guess, the highlights. Um, So, I I mean, I I guess I can briefly go with what I think some of the best parts were. Um, So, one, I guess... um, God, what was it? Um, uh, a lot no, of people. No, it's all good. I, yeah, I'll, I'll I mean, start off. I can start yeah, off ahead. with it because I watched the whole thing. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so I think, honestly, the for my overall reaction of it is that I thought it was a, a, a way better debate. Honestly, one yeah. thing that I noticed from the very beginning that I think helped make it even more, uh, what's the word? More calm is both the candidates were sitting. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I honestly think that that actually really helps. Um, I just think that when the candidates are standing, I get the idea that it like looks powerful. It looks, uh, it has an interesting image to it that just makes it look like strong. But I think having both the candidates sit allows them to, to look a little bit more comfortable, um, and allow them to also like, I don't know. I think there's something about it that just makes the whole situation a bit more calm. Uh, and I thought that, that, I mean, even before anybody spoke, I just thought that was, I could tell that it was going to be a better debate than the presidential. Um, I think another thing that I thought was really good is I, I honestly applaud both the candidates. Um, I think that both of them did a, did a pretty good job. Um, I think the biggest problem is that I noticed Pence did this a little bit, but Kamala Harris would consistently, Kamala, my bad, Kamala Harris <laughs> would consistently, uh, she'd consistently dodge questions. Um, Pence would do it in a very forthright way though. And so that's what I almost appreciated. So, like, if Pence didn't get enough time answering a question, he would just say, and, and they, like, cut him off. They'd ask the next question, and he'd just be like, I just want to finish my thought on the last one. And that's what he'd say. Um, and so it was like he was kind of dodging it, but he was also making sure that his point came across, across clear on the previous question. As for Kamala Harris, Kamala, she would <laughs> she would keep, consistently you gotta, you gotta just go— she, I just, I, I hope, I'm hoping that she won't be the vice president, so then I'll never actually have to really care too much longer. Um, no, but she, she would consistently, like, she'd be asked a question, and she'd walk around it. Uh, and I think she was hoping people wouldn't notice, but I would, but I 100% notice. She would, like, she'd be asked a question, I think a big one is, like, about fracking. Uh, she would walk around it, she'd give, she'd basically flat out lied about it, saying that, 
Um, there, I, I'm not, I don't even remember what she said this time. If it was she was saying that they would end fracking, fracking, or they wouldn't. I think she was saying they wouldn't. Um, yeah, she said she was saying in this debate that they wouldn't. But there's also uh, there was a CNN town hall about a year ago in which she committed to ending fracking. Joe Biden had committed to ending fracking, and they also on their website support the Green New Deal, which uh, in their in the Green New Deal um, supports an end to fracking. Uh, I believe she also denied the uh, 100% full support for the Green New Deal. But if you look at their website, they are in support of the Green New Deal. Yep. Uh, it's just not only what she would dodge the question, she would lie about she would lie about their. It, it seems so inconsistent to me, um, and it was that was really sad to me uh, because it, and and Pence even would just keep going on to her about it. And I think a, a great quote from Pence that he said multiple times that I loved was, "You're entitled to your opinions, but you're not entitled to your own truth." Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, or to it was, your own it, facts. Yeah, like, you're you're entitled to your own opinions. You're not entitled to your own facts. I think that's a really great quote. I think that's a quote that will honestly go down in history. That's just great. I think. No, um, exactly. And he, and he it, said it multiple it's, times. It's, it's, it's right. It's right along the line with me of um, uh, Kaylee McEnany. She said, um, "Like, I can only I can only explain it to you. I can't understand it for you." Like I was like, "Damn, that's, that, a, great, yeah, like, no, that's, that's a great, great quote. quote. Like, that's awesome." Yeah, for sure. And so and so that was a big thing. The thing that I thought was really sad is because Pence did an outstanding job. He kept his cool. He uh, he was also I think the other thing about Pence, though, is that a lot of people don't realize is that before even he was uh, uh, the governor of Indiana, um, he was also a talk talk Mm -hmm. radio. He was a talk radio host. He was on talk radio. So like debating in in a public forum uh, is is really up his alley. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know for, I, I'm 99 percent sure that Kamala Harris has never done talk radio. I'm pretty sure she's basically a career politician, along with like uh, other legal um, jobs, such as like the attorney general uh, of of uh, California. California. Um, yeah. And, and so that that being said is although debating in a public forum is uh, common to to those kinds of uh, to those kinds of jobs, it's a lot more assertive. Um, on, on a talk radio show, it's much, it's much like this with a podcast. It's like, you're sitting down just having a conversation. Um, and you can get, a, you can get a bit assertive, but you don't necessarily get aggressive. Um, as, as when you're in a courtroom, it can get fairly aggressive. Yeah, uh, exactly. And so, and, and so I think that was really good to help. That was a really, really good experience, uh, to help Pence keep his cool, especially when, uh, Kamala Harris was just being, was just flat out lying through her teeth. Um, yeah, and and so that that was kind of one thing I saw was it was that she did kind of dodge a lot, she did kind of lie a lot, and um, so overall, from what I've seen, um, Pence won that debate. I mean, he oh, you're, you're right, he was so calm, he was he was not afraid to answer policy, he wasn't afraid to, um, you know, he got personal when he needed to. I think he brought he even brought up the um the busing thing mm-hmm. for, from Biden, saying like. You said this in, in your debate, yet now you're with this dude. Like, hang on a minute. Like, you gotta, you gotta talk to us about this. Yes. Um, and kind of, he even kind of questioned her, and he 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 answered. He asked good questions too. He asked her. Um, but overall, so here's the biggest thing I got from it, and it's because Twitter and the media were all over it. Um, and that was the damn fly. Now, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, Josh, you yeah. know how I know he, you know how I know he won the debate because they focused it, on the fly, and that's it. Exactly. You know, exactly. and it's like, and I get it. It's a funny moment. A fly landed on his head. It died. Okay, like it's it's funny. It is. I, I'll admit it was funny. Um, 
But I keep seeing these people talk about how, well, you know what flies are attracted to, right? You know, garbage. And, um, well, I even had a friend who on Facebook, she posted a picture of, you know, the fly on Pence. And it said, um, you know, flies often mean um, like the devil or evil. And so I posted a picture uh, from 2016 of a fly on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and I, I put it in her say, comments. I, I was they never say. responded. Never responded. I want to be like, <laughs> two can play at this game. It's a fly. It happens, man. Like, get over it, you know? Yeah, no. So like, I was going to even say, I so I had noticed, I, I primarily noticed at the beginning the memes from uh from the left about like saying well flies are attracted to shit and stuff like that. Um, but then I quickly noticed within the next day or two the right started clapping back with the memes and they had stuff like uh they so they would have on the left they would have pictures of like Hillary Clinton with a fly Barack Obama I believe had a fly on his head at one point and then there was another uh uh, uh Democrat politician that had a fly and then they showed the fly on Pence's head and they said uh. The Democratic Party is so corrupt that even the flies are leaving them, like stuff yeah. like that. And I was just like, that's like that. But it just made me sad that it was like that was actually a really good policy debate. Like people who actually know politics and, and are as like researched and, and understand the issues that are facing uh, the country in this next election. Uh, I, I It was a really good debate about that. Yeah, I uh, agree. But, it was it was so good. Like, but honestly. the people but but I, I, I'm telling you. The people that were watching it, not for policy, but to see something like what happened in the presidential debate, they were focusing on the fly because they, I, I, I'm willing to bet they might have not 100% grasped some of the concepts they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, like, I, like when, like when I believe Pence brought up like the 94 crime bill. I, I mean, I don't blame somebody for not necessarily knowing what the 94 crime bill is, but if you're watching it, not to necessarily learn about policy and just to see the, the three ring circus that is our political sphere. Uh, of course, of course, you're going to be more attracted to the fly than hearing about this this old bill that doesn't that you think doesn't affect you or doesn't really matter right now to you. I mean, I mean, it does, but it's but because you don't because somebody might not know as much about it. Of course, they're not they're going to pay more attention to the fly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. Overall, I think the the debate was better. Um, the fact that the left is focusing so intensely on this fly just shows that Pence won. I mean, Pence blew Kamala out of the water. I saw I saw another meme. It was like it was like um. Support for Biden Harris ticket drops drastically after people realizing that Kamala Harris talk for the next four years. I mean, yeah. overall, I mean oh that that woman's voice. I'm sorry, it's so annoying. <laughs> and her, her laugh, voice. Her, her she laugh has that laugh. Like, it's, it's like a, that cackle. You know, it's it's the same thing. It's the same laugh as Hillary Clinton. That's just that like. And it sounds cackle, so forced. La- yeah, it does sound very. It's just that cackly laugh. Like, ugh, like geez, like I don't want to have to hear that for the next, you know. And, no, I know. And that, I and, thought and, it was even funny. You know. Yeah, I thought it was even funny. The left was pointing out the besides the fly, the one other thing that they would love to talk about how was how um Ka- uh, Kamala said something to the effect of like let me finish to Oh yeah, no, to, she she said, she said she said I'm speaking. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking. Oh, okay. Let me finish. And okay, yeah. like and I'm like, I, I, it, it, the only reason they're focusing on it is because a woman said it to a man. I'm just like, yeah, I, I saw, I had another, another friend who's, who's kind of more, more left. And she said, um, she said that her saying that, and then Pence continuing to interrupt her was him being sexist. And I'm like, and I commented, it's a debate. What do you want him to do? Sit there and shut up. It's a debate. No, he's going to talk. Like, that's the point of a debate. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, she's it, like, 
she straight up said like it's it, he was being racist and sexist i'm like it's a debate what do you want him to do say oh yes ma'am and back up no he's gonna he's gonna talk he's gonna defend his points that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole point you yeah know? the the one credit i do have to do i do have to give to kamala harris um is that that was the first time and, and i will admit it's a pretty historic moment that was the first time that on the uh, vice presidential debate stage where and i hate playing the identity politics game but that we had a woman of color uh get like debating just yeah. debating for the vice presidential debate i gotta say I, i'm sure especially to her coming from the party that loves identity politics that put a lot of weight on her so- shoulders so I, I guarantee you that she had a, a good amount of stress on that debate oh yeah um, no i i agree and, and i think i think she handled it well i think she did um yeah i mean overall i think i think um yeah, I mean, I, I I I agree. I think that is really cool to see, and I and I and I do hope that it does inspire you know people in the future to to do this and go both sides, both, both sides, both sides, because both sides. like because I, I I again, if if they are a incredibly qualified candidate and also happen to be a person of color, woman, whatever, more Nikki power Haley. to Nikki, Nikki Haley. Haley. Exactly. I love that exactly. Woman. And, so, <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying. More power to them. Like like. Let's let's break those barriers. I mean, this is this is America in which people the greatest country on the face of the planet in which anyone can do anything if they put their mind to it. Um, and that's what she exhibited. It's just so sad that she doesn't stress that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just um, yeah, I agree. All right. So the third debate is coming up this Thursday um, is I, I did want to backtrack a little bit though um just like take five minutes to talk about the uh the second presidential debate being canceled oh yeah yeah being canceled um because they want to do a a virtual one and trump said no which understandable yeah well but here's the thing that i thought was kind of uh interesting about that is it almost seemed like the the quote-unquote nonpartisan uh debate board whatever it's called like the the chair or the what, what you know? Do you know what it's called? The debate commission. The, uh, the debate commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The presidential debate commission. Yeah, the, it, they claim to be nonpartisan, um, but it seems like the Trump campaign had like no say in it. It almost sounded like, for from even the news that I was hearing from any side of the aisle, it was saying like Biden requested uh, Zoom debate and Trump declined, and so it's canceled. Yeah, I mean, and and I and I get it because I I think Biden was still concerned about Trump having COVID, which is understandable. It's completely it's completely an understandable thing. Um, they could have pushed it back a week, they could have pushed back a couple days. They didn't. They, they could have pushed it. No, I, there was no attempt to find compromise on it. It was basically because Trump was like, "I will not accept a Zoom debate." They were like, "Okay, then it's canceled." It wasn't like, "Okay, well maybe we give it another day, make sure like that we'll have you double tested or something like that to make sure it's all good. We'll put up these extra parishions and, and like, will that work for you, Biden? Let's try that." And there was no attempt at compromise on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, 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 they, so they just both did their own town halls, which was fine. Their town halls, and and I, you were working that night, weren't you? Uh, yes, yeah, sadly yeah. I was. So no, it's all good. And so I watched the Trump town hall, um, of course, because I want to hear what the guy I knew I was voting for was going to say. Um, and I heard headlines and well, not really even headlines. I heard, um, some things about the Biden town hall. The Trump town hall was great. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, a few things that stole the show is, well, first off, it seemed like he was pretty much debating the moderator, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah. He, he attacked her that with that first question about white supremacy. Oh yeah. Well, he, he, he went after he goes, her so he, he hard. Basically. Yeah. He just goes, 
I condemn white supremacy. I condemn white supremacy. I condemn white supremacy. He's like of all kinds. He is like he's like screw it. Like if if they couldn't get that from the millions of other times I've said it, I'm just gonna hammer it in their heads. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how I like how he even said he goes he goes. My team even said they're probably gonna ask the question again, I, and I knew the stupid question was coming. Yet, and here you are asking me the question. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, and, That's and, what and, I love. And, and and I love when she goes. Well, you're kind of hesitant. He goes hesitant. I do it right away. What are you talking? About? Like he was like. <laughs> Who are you talking? Who are you listening to when when you hear this? Yeah. Like, I no, do like that. You a- like like shut up. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Come on, no, that's man. the thing. That's the thing I love about Trump is that he really is. He's just a hammer looking for a nail. Um, and they just said it right out in front of him, and he just he just hammered it home right on that way one. Quote, and I and I love ben that. It was, way to uh, ben Shapiro. I know he did. He said that <laughs> he earlier said that today. today. And I was today. like, and I was like, and I was like, that's how up to date I am on politics. And I was just like, I love that. I think that's a great. It's a great description of who Trump <laughs> I, I is. Love, I love. What, I love when he goes. Sometimes he hits a nail. Sometimes he hits a baby. <laughs> I, just, I started laughing at that. I'm like, that's funny. Oh my god. That, that, oh like my that's god. so damn funny. No, and so and so that was the that was a great thing. Um. And so he's debating the moderator pretty much. He was he answered all the questions great. He had people that were uh, on every side of the aisle asking him questions. And the one thing I loved, oh my god, I love this, and it made headlines the next day too. Is so a woman who was like, like they so they introduced her as like a Biden supporter, Biden voter, a Democrat. And the first thing she says is, you know, Mr. President, I do have to say, like you look amazing, like you, that smile, you do really yeah. really nice with that smile. And I was like. One, I just love seeing people being able to go across the aisle and like still recognize somebody as a person. And you can you can see too, um, it really it really caught Trump off guard. He was like blushing, like he honestly like you can yeah. see like I saw a lot of humility in him right there, and you can see that he wasn't expecting it. And he honestly, I think he genuinely he it to me it reminded me of like a little boy when a girl says, "Oh, you're so handsome," you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, like I mean, that's he, the he, thing. He is like, so giddy. I'm like honestly, like I was like. I'm like, that's adorable. Like our president's adorable. Like that was really, no, it, reminded me of, it reminded me of like my grandpa. Like it was so well, cute. And you have <laughs> to think about the mood shift. You have to think about the mood shift that he had because he heard the intro hearing Biden voter, Democrat. And, and, and in, his, in his head, he was thinking, this woman hates me. She despises mm-hmm. me. And then for her, that to be the first thing out of his, out of her mouth. I, 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 his, he probably did a 180 in his head. He was like, whoa, okay. And then, and that even made it, I like, I, I got to admit, I don't really remember the question she asked, but, but at the moment he was probably like, well, now I actually like really want to like wholeheartedly answer this question with, with the most care and, and thought I can. Mm-hmm. Because, because he was like this, this person, she disagrees with me, but like, she doesn't like she she at least from the from her opening she doesn't despise me like in every way shape and form like the like the modern left does so yeah yeah i i think that that was definitely a really good moment um mm-hmm. again i again i just saw like i'm like i'm like he just reminded me of my, like my grandpa there like it was just that yeah. was so cute um, well and then one other thing that stole the show i don't know if you heard about it but there was a there's a woman in the back in a red oh, who's nodding sitting who was yeah. just always nodding and i thought it was hilarious because like so i was watching it live and i kept seeing her in the back and i was just like i just love that woman i you can't even see her yeah, full apparently, face all you could see she is was that like it was doxed for it oh my god that's terrible mm-hmm. like that's terrible like she was i i think she was like i think she was like a doctor or something and she like she supported trump like she was kind of like on the fence in 2016 but now she's all for him like something like that and like yeah she was like doxed and i'm like jesus like this woman's just trying to god forbid agree with the president on something you know 
For sure. And, and like, and I just, when I was watching it, I was just like, she is just like, she just seems so into it. Like, I'm so happy for her. I, I couldn't even facially recognize this woman if you, if you put her in a, in a group of four people. I wouldn't have been able to tell you which one's her. Uh, but she was just like having such a good time. It seemed like she was just having such a good time. You could tell by her movements and everything. And I was just like, that's like, it was just, it was just a cute little uh, addition to that debate or to that, well, town hall, but really a debate yeah. for them. Um, and then yeah. he switched gears to the to the Biden town hall. Again, didn't watch it. Honestly, I went through headlines the next day and all of them were about the Trump town hall. Um, yeah, the only I thing found, I, I found the, a few things about the Biden town hall. And the main thing I saw is it was pretty milk toast. Yeah, the one thing it was I like saw, they, they gave the him a bunch of you go. I was gonna say the one thing I saw was like, yeah, it was it was mainly like the moderator asked him asked questions. Um, I think he answered like I think they said like out of fifty seven questions, ten were from audience members, and the one I saw was the one young black voter who kind of said, um, you know, we, we, he he it was a really really nice question. He said, you know, they say the biggest disparity is going to be black voters because not because they're voting for Trump, but because they're not voting for at all. So what mm-hmm. can you say? What can you say? be to black voters besides you ain't black which was awesome they brought up that will make them want to vote for you and then biden's answer was not so much like it was very much just beating around the bush uh-huh. and even afterwards like you kind of see on the guy's face he's like you didn't answer my question in the slightest like this is the, like, the, like yeah. is that answer and he goes uh y- yeah yeah <laughs> Like he kind of was yeah, like, no. did it? Like, did it answer my question? Like it, and it didn't. I'll, I'll tell you, it didn't. Yeah. No. From from everything I heard, I mean, that sounds like the most controversial question he was asked. It seemed pretty much mostly lowball questions with uh with pretty average answers that really didn't stray from anything anything out of the ordinary. Didn't really uh, push him over the edge for anybody. It doesn't seem like. But yeah, I, I think the one thing I saw was like. I think they asked him about the Supreme Court or maybe no, that no, that was afterwards. Never mind. That was afterwards. And they asked about the Supreme Court. And he said, uh, he said, he said, you don't just, the, the voters don't deserve to know my. Oh my yeah. Which I'm, is, I'm like, oh, you, we don't deserve to know we're voting. Like, what are you talking so about? Basically everything I've heard, everything that says to me is that he plans on court packing. If uh, things don't go his way because he's mm-hmm. a sort of loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so that, those were the, uh, the second presidential debate was canceled. We had the town halls. Now we got the third debate coming up this yeah, week, a few days Thursday, away. Thursday, which mm-hmm. I actually, I'll be available. Um, so we, we, we could do something maybe. But so expectations, what do you think is going to happen? So well, re- real quick for context, today the, the, the debate commission announced that they will be muting the other person's mic while they're answering. I don't know if they said, I don't know if it's for every question. I saw one thing that said it was just for the opening answers. Um, Another thing that said it might be every time, like during their time. Also be it could also be situational. Like if yeah, they feel yeah. like one of the candidates is getting too heated or something, they just turn it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. So um that's a big thing I wanna put in there. So expect expectations, what do you think? Well I don't know. Uh I I would hope if I think that they that, that muting thing could either go really well or really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, from what I've seen is this debate commission, at, at least the way that it's going right now, it seems kind of biased. Um, yeah. I, I mean, like, so one thing I wanted to bring up is just today I noticed um, the Trump campaign sent a, le- sent a letter to the 
uh, to the Presidential Debate Commission, basically saying you're ignoring foreign policy. Uh, and, and foreign policy is a huge issue. And what I want to preface this with is that uh, there, are, there are pretty much two entities in America that directly deal with creating policy uh, that regards foreign powers. Um, and that would be that would be the executive branch, mainly the president, uh, as he's the one that signs declarations of wars. He's the ones that pretty much orders attacks on uh, for, for, uh, for the military to find uh, persons, people of interest, things like that. Um, then it's the United Nations because they have to deal. So like like Nikki Haley was the former ambassador to the United Nations. She has direct foreign policy experience because she had to deal directly with these foreign powers in regards to policy. Uh, Congress can sometimes play up that they try that they did something as maybe uh, they had a vote on something. But at the end of the day, uh, the president makes those final decisions when it comes to foreign policy. And so that's how that's how our government works. Our, the people that regard foreign policy or uh, that have anything to do with it is the United Nations and the executive branch. Um, and no one else really does uh, nearly as much, not nearly to the power that those two have. Um, and so foreign policy, when it comes to a presidential election, is incredibly important as that's 50 percent of I'd even argue 75 to 80 percent of uh, who makes the decisions regarding foreign policy. Um, because, yeah. And so and so it's really important that we get a gauge on on who, or if we're going to hold foreign powers accountable um, in this upcoming election, uh, especially regarding like the last election, how uh, how China or I'm sorry, not China. Russia was a huge, 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 huge um like like possible interactor with our election uh first it was regarding uh well, the I Trump mean, campaign con- confirmed yeah. interactor i mean it, it it was confirmed that they they definitely launched yeah. ads and they definitely did things um they they definitely did interfere that that exactly. that, that, that is confirmed <laughs> exactly no and so and so whether or not it was at, well actually it's pretty much been confirmed that it was not with the trump campaign and there's evidence to prove that it uh that they could have been trying to help hillary's campaign um, we need to know if we're if we're going to be holding them accountable. Uh, that'd be that'd be a question. Is how are you going to help hold Russia accountable? I believe it just came out today too that Russia is uh, being indicted by the DOJ. Yeah, a couple, a couple uh, months because members. they attempted to. Yeah, because well, because they attempted to go into uh, or to interfere with the mm-hmm. Olympics that were supposed mm-hmm. to happen in the summer. Um, and so that's just another example. So are we going to hold Russia accountable? Um, China. I mean, there's some people that there's there's. Uh, and there's some sort of evidence, not necessarily evidence, but there's there's people that wonder whether or not um, that the coronavirus was an act of biological warfare. We don't necessarily have confirmation as it, whether it's one way or the other. But are we going to have a president that's going to look into that and 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 figure that out? Uh, and, I mean, at, at the very at the very least, it was negligence that led that. No, exactly. Exactly. And are we going to hold them accountable for that? I mean, like, I know I personally have that question specifically for Joe Biden, considering that it seems like he has significant positive ties with with the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, um, I mean, so so and so the, the other things is like just this week, uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's son got kind of pretty much exposed. We don't know all the details yet because I know it's still under FBI investigation um, and it has not 100 percent been been released. But there's. Uh, ev- some evidence to show that there could have been a quid pro quo, qu- uh, quid pro quo with Ukraine uh, regarding using uh, influence to try to protect Ukraine and and in return give money to uh, to the Biden family uh, through Hunter. Uh, there was also evidence to show that there's ties to China uh, with Hunter Biden. Um, I mean, like I I have so many questions about whether or not the the Biden family is compromised because of this. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and even today. Um... 
the Biden campaign, um, they, what is it called? Like when, when putting, they put a lid. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. They put a lid for the next four days until, and literally until the debate, which, yeah. which to me is really suspicious. Like if this was it's on the verge, yes, yeah, it's, it's on the verge right after all this crap has come out about. Right. Them. So and there's a couple things I want to add with that. Um, one, Biden has not denied it. Nor has, nor has the campaign made a statement saying this isn't true. Um, the media is saying it, but the Biden campaign has themselves have not come out and said this is false. This is not wrong. This is fake, um, which is super suspicious. And then two, right, we're, we're seeing all this evidence. You would think if it was not true or even if it was true, you'd want to get ahead of it. You'd want, even if there were true aspects, let's say the whole thing isn't true, but let's say there are some true aspects that, yes, do you know what? My son did go here and did this, not under my directive. He did this. He, he used my name to do this, and I don't like it. That, that, that's best case scenario, I'd say. Well, best case, yeah. scenario would be, best case scenario, of course, would be this is all false. But let's say something did come out. You know, he says, you know what? I'm disappointed in my son for doing this. He, he dishonored my name. He dishonored himself. Um, and, uh, and he should be held accountable. Great. Get ahead of it. Get that out there. Get that on record. Boom. He's just quiet. And to me, that's super suspicious. I mean, that is, he's, he's coasting, he's coasting yeah. and it's, and it's really, and that's, that's again, why I think it needs to be discussed. The topics like that's how I can tell the the real thing that shows me that the commission on presidential debates is is incredibly biased is because there's a lot to do with foreign policy that if questions were to be asked could hurt possibly hurt uh candidate Biden. Mhm. Yeah, I mean and, I and mean, no, but let one, me finish here. Let me okay, yeah, sorry, Let me finish here though cuz I'm speaking to the bias of it. And so it would it would hurt candidate Biden. Now if you ask questions about foreign policy for President Trump, he could rattle off tons of accomplishments. The way that he's pretty much won or, or, or attempted to win and, and has been winning on the China trade war uh, to, to make sure that we're not only bringing jobs to America, but also pushing them to follow our rules when it comes to uh, patents and, and privacy, uh, along with his, his peace deals in the Middle East and, and even being nominated for Nobel Peace Prizes for them, uh, his, his record on foreign policy is actually, is actually great. Uh, repealing, um, uh, oh my God, what was the, the former trade agreement and re and replacing it with the USMCA, uh, that's foreign policy and, uh, to, wasn't for, it, wasn't for, it, wasn't in regards it, to economy. wasn't it NAFTA? NAFTA, na yeah, repealing NAFTA and getting in the uh, USMCA to bring jobs back to America. I mean, that regard, that's perfect regards to economic foreign policy to, uh, make sure that we're not necessarily sending all that or getting all that money, um, or that we're losing all that money. He also had uh, pulled out of the Iran deal, which was Obama's Iran's deal, that pretty much was, which was pretty much uh, funneling money to terrorist organizations that were directly fighting us. Yeah, no, like like Trump's record on foreign policy, left or right, I do not care. He is he's actually doing amazing. He's the first, I believe, uh, Ben Shapiro also said this today. Is he's the first president in our lifetime to not start a new war? Yeah. Like a new actual like mm -hmm. like like gunfire war. Like like his his record on foreign policy. I do not care who you are. If you actually look into it, his record on foreign policy is flawless. 
it's amazing yeah. Yeah. and so that's how i can tell that the commission on presidential debates is incredibly biased because everything every question they could ask biden would hurt him and every question that they would ask trump would help him yeah i mean and one other thing too like even that that ben brought up was like um moving the the embassy to, to jerusalem that if if biden were brought in would he undo that i mean maybe th- i mean historic- I, I, and and i understand that such a like that's such a stupid, like, it, it kind of is a stupid thing. It's like, it is an embassy, but it's like, it's a big deal because people have been promising that for years. And Trump said, I'm doing it. <laughs> Obama promised that and it not, never happened. But and not only did he do it, he didn't build a new building. He just bought an existing building and fortified it. Like, he saved a lot of money doing it, too, which is pretty, which is pretty impressive. And I didn't even mention, like, the fact that he's uh, that he's trying to build some sort of relations with, with uh, infamous dictators. I mean, like, I don't want to, like... People are trying to uh, frame it as if like he's like with uh, the Kim Jong Un is specifically what I'm talking about. People mm-hmm. are trying to frame it as if he's becoming super buddy buddy with Kim. Uh, I mean, what he's doing is he's really like trying to form a relationship so we can try to reform that country. Yeah, like, and also like that's what I see it as. And also, it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's like you don't want to you want to be tough, but you want to kind of be like, yeah, let's let's sit down, let's talk. Hey, man, how are you doing? All right, now let's cut let's cut the bullshit. Let's talk. Like. Oh, like drop that hammer, and it's like, oh, he's scared. Like it's kind of scary, like, you know. Like I'd be like, oh, this guy is, means business. Okay, let's talk. Like that's kind of what he was doing, you know. Like I, I, rem- I remember watching the first time they shook hands. You know, like I was like, wow, this is historic. That is historic. historic. I do not like again. I don't care who you are. That is the first time uh, I believe was it um the first time Bush senior the last time was the last time that we had any kind of relations with North Korea. Yeah, but uh, Donald Trump is the first sitting U.S. president to set to step foot in North Korea yeah. and, sh- and shake hands with the leader of North Korea. That has never happened. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing is like it's just like we said as a testament to to his presidency that he has not started new wars. If there's anybody that we could start a new war with, it'd be North Korea. And, and, and instead of doing that, he shakes the guy's hand. I'd much rather have a handshake and trying to. Uh, and trying to handle it diplomatically than sending more troops to basically like just destroy. I mean, if we really wanted to, we could destroy North Korea in a minute. Yeah. I, and I, I think, I think officially the, the Korean war has ended. Yeah. I believe I, believe I just like, saw that, that North and South Korea have officially declared an end to the Korean war, which is like, I haven't, I, I, I haven't, I, I cannot I, confirm that, but I thought I saw the other day. I could have, I could be lying, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw something. I mean, it could have been a fake headline too. But for all I know, I, okay, I, I, everybody I, listening, do a, do a fact check on that, but because yeah, uh, yeah, we're not please, 100% sure. But please fact check me and like, like I'm being serious, like fact check me if I'm wrong. But um, yeah, for sure, I, I know I, I did see something that said that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like yeah. no one talked. Well, and he's not only not only has he uh, stopped war, or I'm sorry, uh, not started new wars. He is working on stopping them. He plans on having, I believe. Most, if not all, of our troops in in the Middle East home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like Andy, it's insane. Andy, Andy created Space Force, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that's that's kind of foreign, but not as much of the foreign policy. We're getting a little off track, but what I wanted to I just like it <laughs> is so I know I know you love bringing up Space Force. I um, do. But the the thing is, so with this debate commission, uh, or the commission on presidential debates. They the topics that were announced were fighting COVID nineteen, American families, race in America, climate change, national security, and leadership. None of these really directly attack the topic of foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting COVID nineteen can touch on it, but they've also discussed that in the previous debate. 
Uh, race in America was kind of touched on the previous debate. I do think it is an important topic right now to discuss. So I don't, I wouldn't say nix it, but like, I mean, you could definitely shorten some of the questions on it. Uh, climate change was kind of talked in the last one. One question I would hope they'd bring up is fracking. Uh, yeah. I want to hear what, what Biden would have to say about that. Um, national security kind of goes with foreign policy a little bit, but they could, they could even just put national security and foreign policy uh yeah, and, and exactly. make sure that they include and so they take a few questions off each of the other ones and add it to that one um and then leadership the last one is leadership i feel like that's so open-ended um i do think it could lead to some good questions but it's just it's so open-ended and i feel like you could really uh, use some of that time for foreign policy necessary foreign policy questions um to get answers out of biden i, I really think because because Trump has been incredibly transparent with where he is on foreign policy as much as he can he he lets people know what he's doing he's i mean he's uh, assassinated the dictators and the and uh, the Iranian officials that have uh, that are in the terrorists. Um, he's it, it, literally everything. Like he's been so transparent about it. You don't even need to, honestly. Just they could have one question for Trump, and it would just be list your accomplishments on foreign policy, and then maybe even a second that just say, do you think you've had any downfalls with foreign policy, and push him on those a little bit. But the the person who really needs questions on foreign policy is Biden. I, yeah. I would like to give him a chance. I I feel he like from from everything I know, he is arguably one of the most corrupt candidates when it comes to uh, or, or poss- he's the one arguably one of the most possibly corrupt candidates when it comes to foreign policy. I think he could be pretty much letting uh, foreign powers such as China into our just reach into our pockets and take our money um, and use it to just plot right against us. And so. I, I would w- at least want to give him a chance to hear him out and hear what he has to say. Not necessarily that I'm going to believe him, uh, but I'd like those questions asked. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think I think that's fair. Um, okay, so I, I think we should just do a quick, um, what's one thing you hope that we see? Because we've went over expectations, what we, what we, what we think is going to happen. What's one thing you want to see happen at the next debate? Just real quick. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of things I want to see are kind of pipe dreams. It, it would, I mean, like, ideally, okay, so... in, in my utopia, in my utopia, <laughs> I'd want to see a, I, in my utopia, I'd want to see a non-biased uh, moderator, yeah. somebody who's going to, who's going to ask and push the hard questions on both of the candidates. Yeah. Uh, I know you said one thing, but like, so I, I'm going to go with that utopia. That's my utopia pipe dream. The one thing that I think could actually, and I actually think would be good is um that that could actually happen is I want to see Trump act a little more like Pence. I just want him to be quiet. I don't want them to even have to consider using the uh really using the the turn off the switch for his mic. Um I want I want him to pretty much be able to do his own and do just like what we wanted to happen for the first debate where he just keeps his mouth shut and let Biden ruin his own campaign. Yeah, um I think it's good. Uh, that's kind of what I was going to say. But I, I think one thing I would like to say, see is um, I think people are expecting Trump to be ruthless and mean. I mean, that's what he is. He's a mean guy at times. Uh, I think that's kind of one thing people do like about him at times. Is he can be kind of a dick. <laughs> he's uh, tenacious, but I, he's, I get what you're yeah. saying. He's, just, he's tenacious. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him, especially if, say, Biden do, does bring up Bo again. Or um, even brings up Hunter and brings up his addiction because you know because I, I know I know that was one thing that that he got really defensive on. He goes, he's like, yeah, my son had a cocaine addiction, but guess what? He overcame it. Like, if he does bring that up again, I like to say Trump be like, do you know what? And do you know I respect him for that. 
I, I, I hope, I hope your son's okay. Do you know what? I, and with Bo, I, I respect his sacrifice. I honor his sacrifice, you know, kind of show a little more humility. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think have a little more civil discourse. I'm going to say it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, ah, there's the nod. There's the I know. Nod. I know. I, I, I would like to see that. I, I think, I think he is a guy that can do it. I, I think he does. He does care about people. Um, and I think by doing that, it, I think it, it could show a lot of people that he is a good guy who who is not afraid to will, you know, not afraid to say, hey, I'm I, I hope your son's OK. And, and I honor your son's sacrifice, you know. Um, oh, I think that's I think that's I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah. I think I think, yeah, basically to sum that up, I think what you really want to see is you just want to see him with a little more compassion. Yeah, compassion. Um, I, I know. I know Trump can be a compassionate guy. I mean, like I've seen it on a few occasions. Um, I think, I think he wants to draw the line. It's actually a lot of what. So if you look into old philosophy, there's um, uh, Machiavelli talks a lot about the uh, like when it comes to leadership, the uh, dichotomy between fear and love in a in a uh, leader. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, it would be a president, but that wasn't a thing when, when Machiavelli was around. Right. Uh, but and so and so to Machiavelli, it is more important to be feared than loved, uh, because uh, if you if you show too much love, it can be seen as weakness. As uh, if you have people in in more fear, then they're then they're gonna, uh, and it's it's more likely for them to to submit. Um, I know again, like in contemporary politics, I don't necessarily mean it to sound so much like a dictatorship. Um, and to find the right balance is, is great. And I think that's what we're really looking for is to find that balance between fear and love. Um, but I think tr- Trump tr- tends to lead towards that, uh, that, that fear and uh, fear, not necessarily meaning like instilling fear, but being intimidating, mm-hmm. um, being an intimidating leader to, to show strength. Um, it's, it's, it, fear and love is the, is the same dichotomy to Machiavelli's strength and weakness. Um, you'd rather look like a strong leader than a weak leader. And yeah. I think that's what, what Trump's playing on. Yeah. Uh, well, going into him being a, a, a strong leader, um, we'll bring up to our last little topic, which is um, Donald Trump being diagnosed with COVID-19. Was it, what, two weeks ago now, I think? Yeah, I believe it was two weeks ago. It was the, yeah, I, it, it was, just just about, I think. It, so. it, was, yeah. it, was this, it was the same week as the debate. Yep. It was like yep, two days after. So, two weeks ago. Um, so let's go over kind of our reactions to hearing it. Um, so obviously with what happened was a, um, what was it, uh, Hope, uh, was Hope Hicks? Who got diagnosed? Yeah, first. I believe she um, might have been the first one. Yeah, and so she was on Air Force One with Donald Trump the day of the debate, um, or the day of that she got diagnosed. So they obviously tested the president, and around midnight, he he tweeted, I've been diagnosed with COVID-19. I feel okay, but I've been diagnosed. Um, so at that time, <laughs> I'm going to go into what we were doing. Kevin and me were together because... Uh, we were setting up a thing. Oh for, my God! It was this night. It, it was, was this night. night. Yeah, it was this night. About that. It was this night. We were setting up. A, we were uh, we were writing a speech for a political event we had, and we were also setting setting up some talking points for one of the members, someone at our school. Um, but I had a, I got a really bad allergic reaction to something, and I broke out in hives, and I was fighting them all day, and it wasn't getting any better. And my mom's like, "Go to the ER." So Kev drove me to the ER, and um, they gave me a, a huge shot of Benadryl. Gosh. Josh just got itchy. I got really That's itchy. Really I was, I was in, the, I went to the ER cause I was very itchy and I was covered in hives, which was really uncomfortable. Um, even the, even the, the doctor was like, you look really uncomfortable. And I said, thanks. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a good yeah, night. So they, oh. they, 
they shot him up with with, with, with a lot of Benadryl and laughy drugs. So I was loopy. I felt great. I was not itchy, which was awesome. But uh, <laughs> we were driving, and um, I was trying to stay awake till I got back to my apartment. And and Kev got hungry, and he's like, "I went to McDonald's. Like that's fine. You drove me. Like we could stop." And it's right across from my building. So mm-hmm. we were in the drive-through line, and I was like, "Oh man, like Trump got COVID," and I was half loopy be when i said it and like i was like oh man like that's that's crazy like the crossover of 2020 honestly like yeah. uh but so my initial reaction was like man that kind of sucks but i'm like he'll probably be fine like he'll be okay yeah i don't know i was so i was really nervous um i mean like again with with all the work we do in politics i mean i didn't what it really did is it gave me a reality check on like how much of the work I do actually rides on a Trump presidency, not only with like students for Trump, obviously with the namesake, but even like our work with just conservative organizations in general, uh, Trump has been the most conservative president. I mean, pretty much, I think, I think ever, I think he's even, he's even pushed more conservative policy than, uh, than Reagan. Um, and so, I mean, so much rides on him and his, and his policymaking and his, uh, and his just his personality. Um, and I, and it, it freaked me out. I was scared. I was, I was genuinely scared because he is, there's two thoughts I had. One, he is in one of the most vulnerable populations. Uh, as much as I love him, I, he's, he's not in the 100% best shape, uh, like physically. Oh no. I mean, he's like, he, he's even had people come out and say that it's like, it's difficult to get Trump to eat, to eat his veggies. <laughs> yeah and so yeah so i was like that scared me i was like i but then my second thought was like if there's anyone who can overcome this at that age at that like level of uh physical imperfection i i'd say it'd be trump i mean like he is just one of the most strong people also with i mean i also got to take into account the fact that he's the president and if there was like a 100 percent cure to covid and they had two vials of it he'd get both of them oh yeah i mean uh, like i mean I, I even talked to my dad about this and i'm like we're like we really can't like I, I, he's a strong guy, but like he got every single experimental treatment that they're like, it won't kill him. You know, we know that for a fact. I'm like, just give it to him. You know, like yeah. I, it was, it was, it was the, what, uh, Redisavir? Uh, yeah. Redimsavir or something like that. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Like he got that, it's, which was like, experimental. We're, neither of us, neither of us are nursing or medical majors. So bear with us. Yeah. Um, um, but I know like it was, but it was that. experimental and they, and they gave it to him. And I, and I know actually after he he got out, he signed a thing uh, making it available for uh, emergency use. Or yeah, like emergency making it easy. Like, it was it was they, he made it easier or more easily acceptable as a treatment. Yeah, basically, and 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 because it worked really well with him, and he's like, yeah, like we, if if we wanted to sort of doctors um, do think it'll work on their patient, they can use it, which is great. I think that's awesome that you know he was. Um, yeah. Overall, I think the so. thing that really that really shocked me about this, though, is that, I mean, like, I, I'll admit that there were some people in the media that were like, oh, like, we're like, we hope everything's OK. We hope he recovers. I mean, like, even Biden uh, pulled his negative ads at the time. Just like yeah, uh, even of, even Rachel Maddow, who was a bit of solace, but yeah, I mean, Rachel Maddow, who absolutely despises Donald Trump, came out and said, like, I hope he recovers. Like, I, I, I'm i wishing him the best, which yeah. is like, that's good. Like, that's and good so, to see. So that was good. I think that the saddest thing for me, though, is like there were people that were like, one, they were they were cheering when he got diagnosed and they were booing when he got when he was uh, cleared. And when yeah, he was recovered. I mean, I, I saw uh, I saw people being like, yes, like he got it. Let's hope he dies. And it's like I could. 
I could maybe say there's one person. No, I don't even, and I even go back and forth. I'm like, I kind of hope, like, I'd be like, I'd be like, I would not even wish death, but like, if they died, I'd be like, okay. And that's Kim Jong-un. Like, he's honestly the only person I'd be like, okay. But like, even then I wouldn't wish death upon him. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be like, yeah, it's, I think it's a sick thing to pretty much just like wish death on anybody. I mean, my, my whole thing is that if you truly dislike somebody, you pray that God will punish them in the way he sees fit. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the way I'd see it is because like, I feel like that's the wrath of God is more powerful than anything else. And so like, and, and so if, if you really have that much disdain for somebody, pray for that because if if god because because god is the true judge and i don't mean to get super preachy in this um and even when i say god if you're not necessarily as religious you're agnostic i'm 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 totally talking to the non-denominational just like the idea of a higher power um that that's that's really who has the ultimate say i mean in my religion god is the ultimate judge um and so you shouldn't be the one to judge whether or not someone deserves death uh you should not be making the sentence um, uh, but you should, but you, but you have every right to, um, to hope that the, the, the proper sentence is served. That's kind of how I see it, you know? Yeah. So, so it's not like, so you don't choose the death. You choose the idea that whatever, whatever the true judge sees the, the sentence as that that gets served. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think I mean, that's but, the best way to put it. Yeah. I and mean, that's a great way to put it. And like, yeah, just overall, I, I think it was really gross to, to see people saying that, I mean, I think I, I, I deleted Twitter for a day again because I'm like, I can't. I can't with these people. I mean, again, I if Joe Biden today announced he had COVID, I would say, I hope he's okay. You know, I, I hope he recovers. When Bernie Sanders had a um, had a heart attack, I mean, Bernie Sanders, I disagree with on everything. Um, you know, uh, when 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 he had a heart attack, I said, God, I hope he recovers. I, I, I'm, no, I'm, I even I'm did too. And not only and because, and then and when he did recover, and he went right back on the campaign trail a week later, I said, I give that guy so much credit because not I, even I, just that. I mean, like, I didn't like, you recover from easily. Yeah, I hope, like, I hoped he would recover not only just for like the humanistic side of me, but also just because like I actually kind of there was a part of me that almost wanted to see him as the candidate because I actually mm-hmm. thought it would have been an interesting race then. You know, like, and so I was like, I, I was like. I totally saw him winning the nomination. I totally could have seen like a good race between them, a good like challenge be- between them. Um, and I just think that I, I just, I, I w- that's what, that's one thing I was hoping for is I was like, you know, like I hope he recovers. He's got one of the most energetic politicians I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's especially I mean, at his age. Right. I mean, like, like I said, as soon as he was like, yep, he's recovered, you know, and it's, it's a week later, he's back on the trail. I was like, damn, like that's, that's someone who, who's got energy. That's someone who's got drive and that's someone who actually cares about what he's doing. And I respect that. Like I, I really dedication. Do respect that. I respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's dedicated. I respect that a hundred percent. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, and, and I, and I saw someone who's like, Oh, Bernie Sanders had a heart attack. I hope he dies. And I'm like, and like someone, you know, on our, our side, I'm like, dude, come on. Like that's, that's a horrible thing yeah. to wish. That's horrible. You know, um, I, 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 <laughs> I've been, I've been, I think I feel like recently, at least I've been, really recently i've been really call, i've been calling out people on the right even for some of their no i get it well and, more, and I less than like, pleasurable behavior yeah i mean like i was i was even unhappy with some people that were like i mean when R, when uh rgb died i was like rbg rbg i was like i mean i think i think trump's response to it was perfect i mean that, that was it was so cool that we were able to see his exact his response. yeah 
I think that like, was really, yeah, like, I mean. To the moment that he heard it. And that's how, that's how I think America should have responded, whether you agreed with her or not. It's like, man, that's sad. Like, I, re- I really respect her. Like. Yeah, like, I, I remember his face was like, it was like, she died just now. He's like, okay, like, she was an amazing woman. She was dedicated in what she did. Um, she should be remembered forever. And that, that, that's all I can say on the matter. It's like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And, and, and I, and it was. And he even he even said like I really respected her or something like that like mm-hmm. and and that's that's how I wish the right would have responded more and I think a lot of the right did uh, but I noticed like some neocons and and a little bit people that are even for a little further right than I am um, that were like good like we we need like we, she voted for terrible policy like I like she's a terrible person because of it. and I'm just like come on like she's, yeah she she uh, I do not I would disagree with her on almost every almost ninety percent of her stances. But like her and Scalia, who is a very conservative judge, had a great relationship. Yeah, their families knew each other well. Yeah, because them as like as you because having having feelings and, and like being able to care about somebody transcends political ideology, and that's what I feel like. The, there's there's definitely people on the right that that don't see it that way, um, but I definitely see a lot of that from the left is they don't see that you can have a relationship with somebody without without agreeing with them politically. Yeah. And and even like and even that you don't have to mock them for everything. I mean, the, the, for another recent thing, there was a picture of Hunter Biden with the with the crack pipe in his mouth. And I see people going after him for for being a drug a drug addict and it's like to me, someone who's seen addiction up close and knows how hard it is to beat or I guess I don't know personally, but can you know see, sees how hard it is to beat what what kind of message is it sending when we're attacking someone for it? You know? Yeah. I think this. Hang, hang on. So I, I even saw someone saying, um, this is, was in the, uh, the cute conservatives group. Someone was saying, I'm a recovering addict. You know, I, I, I was, I found God and that helped me a lot. Um, so to me, at least insulting someone for a drug addiction, you know, what what's the difference between me and him except for our politics and to me that was a that. that was a really nice sentence and i have a really nice sentiment i was like okay yeah, i yeah. get that i think i think it's situational on that one because i think there's uh there's reasons especially with the lack of transparency on the issue um and and, and just the lack of transparency from hunter biden in general um i it's it's I think it's I it's not good to just be like oh look he was an addict what a shitty person but if you're saying like on like like this like if you're if i think i feel like it's it's convoluted a little bit just considering that there's it's not like the only thing that came out about him recently was that he was an addict there's a lot more that i come agree out recently, i too. agree and i think and I so think... i think i think i think if you were to if you, i think what should happen is you should say look at all this shit and on top of that he was addicted to crack like then i think it'd be better if you like uh, if you upfronted it with like the worst things and then we're just like and like look what he was doing with that money that he was that he was like illegally given or, or un, like not, not des- that did not, that he did not deserve. He literally just spent it to feed his addiction. Like, I mean, so not can, only I, was he... can I, can I call you on a contradiction? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, what are you going to hit me with? You love Jordan Belfort. Yeah, but he's talked about in his books. He literally like says about how, yeah, all that shit was terrible. Like I'm sober now. Like, Hunter Biden has not come out like if he came out at the beginning of his of his dad announcing that he was running or at the beginning of when his dad was uh 
put in in the uh, in the spotlight as the as the candidate for this year. If he came out and said, "Yeah, I've had these things. It's terrible." And like, and I apologize for it. Like I'm, I'm still working through my addictions. If he came out and said that, like, that's what I'm talking about with it when it comes to transparency is he didn't get just like you said with Biden earlier is he didn't, uh, he, Biden hasn't come out and gotten in front of the curve of these scandals, just like Hunter Biden didn't either. I, Jordan I, Belford is, I, I mean, is even, even for his infidelity, even for his infidelity, Jordan Belford has come out and apologized. He's, he said that, I mean, like he's, he's worked through all of his addictions. He had gone through rehab, like he's apologized for all of it and he's making something better of his life now. Right. There's been transparency no of anything like that with Hunter Biden. I agree, but also, I mean, it's at least to me. Um, I, I think I think it's fair to call him on some of his corruption and his, his possible corruption. You know, his alleged his alleged corruption. Um, but to me, I don't know. I feel like drug addiction is such a personal thing, and maybe he's still kind of coming to terms with that. He's still trying to find a good way to, um. I guess grasp what happened, accept what happened in a weird way. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't owe the public an explanation because he does not, owe him an apology. I don't. I don't agree. I. I think. I don't here's, think. Here's the. Here's. Not, here's, not, here's another not, thing not, I want not, you to think about. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Not for the drug addiction. And here's why. It's a personal thing. It's a and he and he is not running for office. If he was, I think it's a completely different thing. His dad is now. Does he does he have things to answer for because of again because of his alleged corruption? Absolutely. And if the drug addiction thing does come up, of what were you addicted to drugs at this time, or were were you struggling through an addiction at this time? Because again, I think you're right. That could it is kind of a fair thing to say, you know. And he's spending his money on this, or instead of helping his whatever. Um, that's fair to say. That's perfectly fair to say. But he doesn't owe the public anything because he's not running for office here's one more thing i want you to think about josh while hunter biden was struggling with his addiction to extreme illegal drugs it wasn't like he was just doing pot or anything like that he was crack cocaine and, and whatever else we don't even know his dad had signed a bill the 94 crime bill that was putting people in jail for life for these for these same addictions. Mm-hmm. No, and that's I think that I think that, that that's a fair contradiction. I think that's a. I think that's a. Um, to me at least, that looks worse on Joe Biden than any than Hunter. No, it does. It does. But the thing I want I want pointed out is that like, is is we have concrete evidence that that Hunter did these things and, and Joe again, like you said, Joe has been silent, and he had been putting people away for for. He's been putting people away for life for those things. And so my point being is that I think saying that, oh, he's a shitty person, he's an addict. Yeah, I can agree with you. That's it's just not not the way to approach it and whatsoever. But spreading the images and letting people see. And if and if you were to make some sort of like meme like photo that says like, so when's his prison sentence start? Because that that's it's it's so hypocritical. It is so hypocritical of the entire Biden family. Uh, to, to, I mean, one, I, I just can't believe that Biden hasn't even said anything about the crack and like the pictures of him with a crack pipe in his mouth. Like, I want to know what the hell is going on with that because it's, it's hypocritical. I think, again, I can agree with you that just making fun of only the addiction is poor, but there's a lot of questions that need to be answered by both Hunter and Joe. 
uh, regarding this, and it's just there's too much. There's so much to go through with it right now. Yeah, no, I, 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 I guess I don't know. Like to me, I don't know. To me, just addiction, such a personal topic with me. You know, I, um, I don't know. I, I just I, the way the way I saw some people reacting to it, uh, just purely insulting him for it, and it's like to me, it, it was just it was just the what kind of message does this send to addicts who recovered, um, you know, who 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 made mistakes in their life and recovered. And now want to turn to our side, and the and this and our side is laughing at someone, and mocking someone for having a struggle. It's like it's kind of to me at least. It's like that's that's kind of bad. Yeah, I think I'd have a. I mean, again, I don't think it's it's the best thing. I think I'd have a little more sympathy if like he had come out and was like, here. I mean, I'm going through the steps, man. Like I'm in Narcotics Anonymous. Like I'm doing. Like I'm trying to. I'm going through the steps. I'm apologizing for my mistakes. Like, I, I mean, if he was if he was coming out and doing that, I'd have way more sympathy. I have a little bit of sympathy just because I know addiction is difficult. I, I know that, like you said, I get it that it's personal. Um, but he's he's a public figure. I mean, he really is. He's the son of a public figure, which makes him inherently not necessarily as as famous or as uh, or as necessary to answer to the public. But he is in a way a public figure, and I do think that there that he does have questions to answer for regarding his addiction. Um, considering it, it could have, it, it really has directly affected the national spotlight. So I don't know. I, I, I also kind of agree that he is a, he is a public figure just cause his dad is, I, I kind of disagree with that. Um, well, like I said, not to the extent, but he, he is, I mean, like he's, he, he has the last name and he, and he's allegedly used that last name to try to gain influence. Right. And, it's, and again, and again, that's a fair thing to say that he used it to gain, you know, possibly gain, possibly gain influence in this. But um, I don't know, just to say like, well, he, his dad is so he is. It's like, no, I mean, because that's the case. Baron would be too, technically as a public figure. If, OK, so is it fair to mock Baron Trump for not being out of the campaign trail? He's also like 14. OK, but he's a public figure. And people are, people are mocking Hunter for not doing it, for example. It's I feel like it's a false equivalency at that point. Josh I, Hunter I, is a grown man. I, I okay, but he's a grown man, so he's made, and he's making a decision to not be in the spotlight anymore. Maybe because of these struggles, potentially. Then come out and say that, and say I'm working the steps. I'm sorry. It's just, that's all I have to say. I don't know. I, I I I I don't. I unfortunately don't think we're going to agree on this, and that's fine. Um. I don't know. I, I don't think he owes us an explanation for his addiction. I don't think he owes us an explanation or an apology or anything that has to do with his addiction. I think what he does have to answer for. Um, you I know, think if, I think the reason here's the thing. I think the reason he would have to answer for his addiction is if it any way in even a cent correlates to the alleged corruption. I agree. That, I think yes. if, he, if he used yes. a single cent for the, to fund that addiction, he owes every single question answered regarding his addiction. That, and and I, I will agree. I think that's fair because then we can see that there is an equivalency. But if it was, if it is one of those things that he happened to be struggling, I even say if he started struggling beforehand um, and, you know, he, he kicked it and, or he tried to kick it and he was really just struggling to do it even going through the steps and had a relapse or whatever. Um, it's a completely different thing. If, um, if he didn't have a struggle, but then upon getting the money did start to struggle, then it's a fair call. Then it's fair to call. 
That's just me. Uh, That's just me. I, I get that. I again, I think we're gonna stay a little divided on that. If there was a single cent that went to his addiction, it should be answered for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That's that's kind of the great thing about this podcast, isn't it? We 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 do disagree on quite a few things. <laughs> I know, I know. We hate socialists, but we still disagree on the nitpicky shit. So yeah, that's okay though. It's because we're best friends, so it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> we disagree on a lot sometimes. Awesome. Well, I think that's pretty much all we got for today. Yeah. Um, as as always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any ideas on topics, guests, anything like that. We are working on having one of our first guests sometime soon. That's another thing that kind of uh, set us back a little bit as we've been trying to schedule that a little bit now. Um, we will be working on that. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Civil Discourse Pod. Uh, like and subscribe. And as always, continue to stress civil discourse. Absolutely. All right. You guys have a great week and we will see you again soon. Dog.